Okay, we're continuing our story here in Ein Yaakov of what happens to this woman who she's brought up to Bezdin HaGadol Shalim, and we try to convince her at all costs not to drink the Saita water. That's our goal. We're trying to talk her out of it. And one of the ways we try to talk her out of it is we say, admit to what you did. You are not so bad. Some of the best Sadiqim ever have admitted to the terrible things they've done. Would you like to hear stories about Sadiqim doing Avedas and how they admitted? And then we tell her. We tell her, Reuven did a big Aveda, even though he didn't, because we're lying to her on purpose, because we want her to feel like she can admit she did an Aveda. We tell her, Yehuda did a big Aveda, even though he didn't, because we're trying to convince her to admit to what she did wrong. The Gemara now goes, the Gemara, the Enyaka, but it's the Gemara here, says the word Gemara, now goes into some details. We're on Yud Gimel. Gemara. Tanurabanan, we have a Braisa. We tell her stories. It's story time. Saita gets walked up and down a mountain. She might be dead in a couple hours, but right now it is story time for the Saita. We tell her stories, things that happen in the Ksuvim Arishenim. For example, what's one of the stories we tell her? These are stories that the Chacham said, and they didn't hide from their fathers. We actually read this yesterday, so I don't know why I'm doing it today. I'm just going to tell you what it says here. We're going to the next paragraph. We read this yesterday. Yehuda admitted and he wasn't embarrassed. Reuven admitted and he wasn't embarrassed. We're down here. Bishlama. Sorry. Bishlama. Okay, we said that Yehuda admitted to what he did wrong and he didn't get into trouble. And Reuven admitted to what he did wrong and he didn't get into trouble. We know Yehuda admitted to what he did wrong. We know Yehuda admitted. How do we know? There's a Pasuk. The Pasuk says, go ahead, thank you very much. <laughs> There's a Pasuk. The Pasuk said that after the Yehuda and Tamar incident, after the Yehuda and Tamar incident, uh, or near the very end of it, Tamar is about to be taken out to be burnt. She says, hey, whoever this uh, signet ring and cloak and staff belong to, that's who the baby comes from. And Yehuda says, Tzad Kamimani, she's telling the truth. The child's from me. He admits to what he did wrong. So yeah, totally true. Yehuda did a thing wrong. He was, uh, whatever. He did a thing wrong. Not clear exactly what it was. He did a wrong thing and he admitted. He Fine. Okay. Here's the Gemara's question, though. Ella, Reuven, Manalan Deheida. Where do we find Reuven admitting to doing anything wrong? You look through the whole Torah, you find a place where Reuven admits to something he did wrong. We never find that. We have Midrashim saying that Reuven was doing tshuva for having moved around his father's bed, but we have no Pusuk saying that he admitted. How do we know that Reuven admitted, that Reuven admitted to what he did wrong? The Gemara seems to take this as a given, that Reuven was a big Baal tshuva. Says who? The answer is here. What does it mean when it says in the Pasuk? This is a Pasuk that Mesha says to uh, the tribe of Reuben, right? It's a, that's Birkas Yaakov. Vizesi who does Birkas Yaakov too? I believe that it's Mesha's. It's Mesha's Bracha. It's Vizesa Bracha. This is Meshach's bracha. Meshach's bracha is, Reuven should live and not die, and Vizayis the Yehuda, and this belongs to Yehuda. All the years, that, this is a cool story, all the years that the Jewish people were in the Midbar, the whole time, they're carrying everybody's bones, right? They're carrying the Shvatim's bones, and Yehuda's bones will not shut up. They're moving all around, they're banging, they're making a noise. So Meshach finally stands up and says, okay, this is getting ridiculous, we need to ask for mercy, we need to stop Yehuda's bones from rattling, it is disturbing the children. That's not what he said. I added that part. So Mesha says to Hashem, listen up. Who caused Reuven to admit that he did an Aveda? Who taught Reuven Shuva? Yehuda. Yehuda was the one who taught Reuven Shuva. Okay, now the rest of the story is great, but that's our raya. So just so you keep track of where we are, we wanted to prove that indeed Reuven did do Chuva and admit to what he'd done wrong. We learned it from the fact that Mesha says, who was the one who made Reuven do Chuva was Yehuda. That means Reuven did Chuva. Okay, now as long as we're here anyway, let's hear the story of how Mesha rehabilitated Yehuda. So he said, At that point he said, then Mesha goes on to the bracha, he says, God should listen to the voice of Yehuda. At that point his bones, which were rattling around in the autumn, they snapped together into their socket. He wasn't rattling anymore. Problem solved. 
Not problem solved. Unfortunately, he was stuck. He was stuck down in lower Gan Eden. He couldn't ascend to the Masifta de Rakia. He couldn't ascend to the base Medrash on high. You want to know where that is? I wanted to know where that was. The Ben Yada has a whole thing in it. The Ben Yada says, so, so you know what you have to look forward to. The Ben Yada says that the Nefesh de Gadlus, which I guess is your main soul, your main soul sits in a Guf Ruchani. You hear that, Lushan? Guf Ruchani. It sits in a Guf Ruchani, in a spiritual body. What does that mean? That means, according to the Ben Yada, it looks like you. So when you're in Gan Eden Tachten, it does look like you. And it even has kind of a body and a shape like you, but it doesn't need to eat and doesn't need to drink. It feeds off of the ziva shechina. It just enjoys God's shechina. What? What age? I don't know. Whatever age you want. Huh? Oh, your parents wants to enroll his children in the Masif. No, no. <laughs> There's no official Masif to the Rukia, the Muncie. That's not a thing. <laughs> so the Nevesh uh, Godless sits in a... Right, right. Parents is like, which Masif is this? I, I, is, is it a good one? <laughs> Do you teach there? The different Masifta. This is the Masifta de Rakia. He doesn't teach it, this one. This is the Masifta de Rakia. People have... Huh? So this is not the Masifta de Rakia. They sit in Ghanad and Tachten in a physical... In a, in a guf ruchani, in a spiritual body. They have their normal shapes and they eat the ziva shechina. Every now and then on special... They eat the ziva shechina. That's what he says. On special occasions, on special occasions, they're allowed to ascend to the Masifta de Rakia to spend a little bit of time in Ghanad and Elyon. That's very, very special. However, Reuven was stuck. He was now put in Ganed Natachten. He had his guf ruchani. He's eating the ziva shechina. But every time everybody else gets to go up to Ganed Shalalian, he's not allowed up there. He's very disappointed. says, He should be gathered into his nation. And then he was finally able to go up to the Masif to Dirakia. Problem solved. Yehuda's happy. Nope. He did not know how to interact, go back and forth with Shakal with the other Rabbanim. So yeah, he went up to Masif to Dirakia. He got to Ganed Na'elyan. They said a svara, and he didn't know what to say. It's the worst thing in the world. You're in a chavrus and you don't know how to comment. You ever been in that situation? That's what it was like for Yehuda. He's a chavrus or and he said, I don't get it. Yadav Ravle, Yadav Ravle, you should have strong hands. And then he was able to discuss in the Masif to Dirakia. However, but he was like one of those guys in base Medrash. You know, they're all into the Svaras, but they have no idea how to paskin. It's a real issue. And so he wasn't able to paskin. He wasn't able to reach the final halachic decisions when he was in Masif Tudorakia, and that hurt him. So finally, Mesha says, And with that line, he was able to not only ascend to the Masif Tudorakia, not only engage with the other Tamid Chacham up there, but even able to paskin halachas properly. We continue. It's fine that Yehuda admitted, he admitted, so that Tamar wouldn't get burnt up. Why did Reuven admit? What was he trying to prevent? Remember, Reuven mixed around his father's beds. So there was a, it was a, it's, a, it's a, what do they call it? A victimless crime. There's nobody here who, if he admits, is going to be saved. Yehuda is saving his life, saving Tamar's life by admitting. Reuven is just blabbing about what he does with beds. Doesn't Rav say, that Rav doesn't like it when you say your Avedas in public? We talked about this yesterday, the halachas regarding this. Listen to yesterday's share for that. The answer is that he didn't want anybody to suspect his brothers. Anybody could move that bed. So there was an advantage to him admitting. Okay. I have like a bunch of things I want to talk about, but I think I'm only going to talk about one right now. We might have to save the other one for tomorrow. I want to talk about Isaac Shmata Lib the Hilchasa and the advantage of that in Chassidus, and I think that's for tomorrow. I want to tell you an Imre Emes of all things. I found a really cool Imre Emes. I'll tell you where I found it. I found it in Yalkut Mashiach Ugaula. You know that Sefer? Is that what's called? Ugaula, Mashiach, Mashiach Ugaula? You know what I'm talking about. Who, who is this? This is, this is Dubav Sefer, right? It's a Dubav who put this out. Anyway, it is a uh, it is a fascinating book. It is several volumes long. What he does is on every parsha, he finds every parish anywhere who talks about Mashiach and brings them in their full paragraph form. It's just a it's a likut of uh, yeah, and it's like it's it's like a volume per parsha. Yeah, 
and, and what he does is, because it's not edited, what it is is he just collects any time, any pedish, anywhere, says anything about Mashiach, he pulls it into the van. I don't have the set, I have it to Chachma, so I have the set. So there's a, so I, I found it to Chachma, I found this Imre Emes. Imre Emes says something really interesting. Yeah, yeah there's a question that's in Tesis about this. You guys remember your, you guys remember your Tanakh, and even if you don't remember your Tanakh, you do remember the fun stories. So you remember this part, right? Why was Reuven not there to rescue Yosef from the pit? Reuven leaves, Reuven leaves, leaves Yosef in the pit. Yehuda says, put him in the pit. Reuven says, great, leave him there. Reuven goes to lunch and comes back and finds that Yosef has been sold. He was not at lunch. Where was he? Serving his father. Huh? He was, but one of the days is that he was Bisaka Vitanisei, that he was fasting and doing chuba. Okay, after that, what happens? They sell the brother. Yehuda goes down among his brothers in their estimation. They don't like him so much anymore. So Yehuda goes down in their estimation. He ends up mixing up with, uh, he ends up uh, marrying a woman. He has some kids. They die. Tamar becomes his daughter-in-law. The whole Yehuda story happens after that. So Reuben was doing tshuva long before Yehuda admitted to anything. This question in Tesla, see here? Reuben was doing tshuva by the pit. Yehuda doesn't do his tshuva until way after the pit. So what, was Isaac Gemara saying that, Ru, that Reuben was inspired to tshuva by Yehuda? Reuben was not inspired to tshuva by Yehuda. Reuben did it first. I know, but this is a later tshuva. That's not the answer that I saw. So that's interesting. Paritz gives a possible answer that maybe he was doing tshuva, but he hadn't done, he hadn't admitted yet. Maybe he learned to admit from Yehuda. That, uh, that fits very nicely, the Pasha Gemara. I, I like it, I like it, I like it very well. I don't like it as a drasha, because it ruins the drasha, but I like it a lot as a svari. You hear Paritz's answer? It's a good answer. Parents is saying, look, he, did, he was doing tshuva, but he didn't know to admit. Yehuda taught him to admit when you're wrong, not just to do tshuva. Very interesting. Not the answer that I saw in the Imre Emes. The Imre Emes says, uh, the Imre Emes quotes a Medrash. I'm going to read the Medrash to you. Medrash says, this is Hashem saying, I know people's thoughts. And what does the Medrash say? Yosef, Yosef was busy doing tshuva. This is because he was in, he was in Mitzrayim already. Reuven, and Reuven is busy doing tshuva. So Reuven's busy doing tshuva for the Aveda he did moving around the beds. Yaakov is also busy doing tshuva because he's assumed something went wrong because of one of his children he thinks is dead. So they're all doing tshuva. What's Yehuda doing? What's Yehuda doing? He goes out and finds himself a wife. Everybody else is doing tshuva and Yehuda is in Shidduchim. What's God doing? So we have three people doing tshuva, Yehuda looking for a spouse, and a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Hayasik, What's Hashem doing? He's rearranging things so Mashiach can be born. He's setting up Yehuda with Tamar so that there can be a Peretz, and there can be a Zerach, and that ultimately they will be the progenitors of Mashiach. Based on this, the Imanema says something very interesting. He says that uh, Reuven initially did tshuva, yeah. Reuven was doing tshuva first. And he was very, very sorry, and he was very, very inspired. And then he came back and found Yosef was gone. Yosef was the tzaddik ador. Yosef represents tzaddik yisrael elam. The tzaddik was nostalgic and he lost all inspiration. It was after Gimel Tamas for him. That's the way that he puts it. He doesn't say the words Gimel Tamas, but that's what he means. The tzaddik left and he had no more inspiration. He couldn't get into it anymore. When Yosef was around, he was inspired to do tshuva. He thought the tzaddik was gone. Didn't know he was. He goes, the yelled He goes, this child's gone. That's the Russian. The child's gone. Uh? Yaakov's still alive, but he lost Yosef. Yosef is always tzaddik elam. Yosef is bichinas tzaddik. So he lost Bechinas Tzadik. He lost the Tzadik of the generation. He lost his Rebbe. And because he lost his Rebbe, he lost, he lost Yosef. He says, This boy's not here anymore. I can't do Tshuva anymore. I'm done. And he drops off the Tshuva bandwagon. Yehuda brings Mashiach into the world and suddenly he has a second wind and the second wind is stronger than the one when he had his Nasi. He had his Nasi, he had his Rebbe, he had his teacher who inspired him to do Tshuva, but that was nothing compared to the boost of seeing Mashiach begin to enter the world. That the lack of inspiration, the hurt that he felt when he saw his Rebbe leave and didn't feel like he could ever be inspired again, he finds again when he sees a glimmer of Mashiach and that glimmer of Mashiach is Yehuda's relationship with Tamar that ultimately leads to the, the beginning of Mashiach. How could he saw Mashiach? He was not inspired. 
What? No. So the thing that he saw that was Mashiach was that Yehuda ends up, uh, Yehuda ends up making the beginning of Mashiach. So when it says that the whole reason that you, so when, now going back to the Gemara, what made Reuven want to do tshuva? What made Reuven want to do tshuva? Yehuda. It was Reuven started doing tshuva, then he stopped. What made him want to do tshuva again was Yehuda's entire story, which brought Mashiach into the world. He doesn't drive this point home 100% the way that I'm about to drive it home, but, uh, I think that there's, I, I think there's something very deep here, and I know I've been hinting to it while talking about it, but just to spell it out very clearly what I think this means, lemaisa as chsidim. But I think this means that there are a lot of people who, when the, uh, I, I know after Gimel Tammuz, that was a big hit for a lot of people. I, I don't remember it. I also know that a lot of people have a difficult time being inspired in a world where they don't see a Rebbe and a Gulf Gashmi. I think a lot of us live in a world like Reuben lived in. They were, they were on fire for a certain period of time, but now they look around and the Rebbe's not in the room and the Rebbe's not in 770 and they don't have a big leader to look to and we're like, sheep without a shepherd and they're confused and they're lost. And the answer is that there is something that brings you back from that, and that is a glimmer of Mashiach. Nothing but Mashiach brings that back. It doesn't have to be all of Mashiach, a glimmer of Mashiach. Yehuda's initial process that began pushing Mashiach into the world, it wakes up someone who's sleepy, even if they're asleep because they can't find their Nasi. Even somebody who can't find their Rebbe can bring that, can bring that inspiration back through a glimmer of Mashiach. And if that's Hainu for you, all the better. And Havayam Evin Yavin. Thank you all very much.